You are now tuned in to the December 26er podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26ers, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and this episode features Tiffany Trey Moore, CEO of Soul Through Soul. Soul Through Soul is a dance company that encourages sisterhood, freedom, and empowerment through movement. Tiffany's main objective is to provide a space for women to heal, rejoice, and celebrate who they are through music. This is a great mission, of course, but it was not always easy. Like many of us, Tiffany has had her moments of wanting to throw in the towel, but she's found her rhythm both figuratively and literally. And we talk about just how she did it. So without further ado, please take a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Tiffany, welcome to the December 26th podcast. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You ready to do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump in. Who is Tiffany Trey Moore? Hmm. Um, I'm 28. I'm going to start there, just in case my future husband's listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there, girl. I'm a creative. Um, I'm a sister by nature, and I'll touch on that later. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, and... A little lit. You're a little lit. Just a little lit. You see, but you're super <laughs> laid back and smooth right For now. now. So that's For that's me. interesting that you said you're a little lit because <laughs> you seem super zen at the moment. Yeah, I'm a little die. But it's fine. Okay. Um yeah, we can leave it at lit. We'll elaborate on that. <laughs> Let's elaborate. Okay. So since you started with being a creative, mm -hmm. in what sense of the word? Um well, as far as business-wise, um, I run a dance company for women here in the city, for women of color, especially here in the city. Mm -hmm. um, and that dance company kind of pulls in my love for dance, which I think is a form of creativity in a way, um, but also my love for, like, event planning and bringing people together and um, just, like, throwing small events where people can speak about their creativity. I like creating spaces for people, mm -hmm. um, for both men and women, um, to just kind of come and talk and almost like like verbal mood boards or vision boards in a way. Um, I just love getting people together, creatives together. Any, well, they don't really have to be creators, but um, just get people together and just kind of like challenge their mind with different conversations and, and fun things and, you know, just kind of bring us together so we can talk. Okay. I love the idea of people talking, not just on social media, but like being in each other's faces. Having real dialogue yeah. in person. <laughs> you know, like actually um, speaking. Um, I write often. I used to do spoken word poetry a lot here in the city. Um, but I've kind of fallen back from that a little bit, but I still write. Um, I have a blog. It's called Trey's Journal. Um, so I guess my creativity is there a little um, in my poetry. Um, and then... I make earrings. A lot of people do not know this. Really? <laughs> but I make earrings, um, fabric, wire, jewelry. Um, I keep that to myself because I'm not like super confident in it yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess like that's a creative outlet. In it a way, absolutely right? is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much where, where it lies for me. Like my creativity, I kind of pour it into service in a way, like things mm -hmm. that will help people. So whether it's the spaces I'm creating or, you know, the blog that is essentially for others to read um, or my earrings, which eventually I'll get confident enough to let people see them <laughs> and put it out there into the put world. It out there, yeah. OK, so let's start with the area that people probably mm -hmm. 
know you for. Yeah. Um, your dance company. Yes. Soul Through Soul. Soul Through Soul. And that is S-O-U-L yes. through S-O-L-E. S-O-L-E. What is Soul Through Soul? Um, so Soul Through Soul, the company, because I'll, I'll break it down between the name and the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a company that services uh, women in color through dance. Well, through movement, rather, um, because it goes from, from dance, there's fitness, there's a bunch of different things that we can do. Um, but it focuses on uh, freedom, sisterhood, and empowerment through movement. Um, those are four things that we consistently in every class and every workshop work on. Um, freedom coming from group discussion and journal writing. Um, as I told you, I used to write poetry. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I really wanted to make sure I looped in. The company writing is a huge outlet for me, um, as well as dance. So I just kind of wanted to merge the two just to see what it would do for a group of women. And so far it's worked really well. Um, the empowerment part, um, when you come to class, which I'm going to invite you and I want you to come mm-hmm. and try it. Um, it's honestly, it's just like a big sisterhood. Like you just like walk in and you kind of forget that you're there to dance. It's like everyone is just really welcoming. We like, we chat for a little while before we even start dancing. We're asking each other, you know, how's your day been? We do this thing where um, I have a mason jar and I ask everybody, how's your soul feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has to write on a piece of paper, put it in a mason jar, and then I read it aloud, whether they want to share that that's their word or not. Um, and we all just kind of like love up on each other in that moment. So it's like if your word is, you know, depressed or I'm tired, whatever, you know, we all just kind of like touch base with each other, see how we're all doing, um, and then kind of cater to that throughout the class. So to me, that helps the ladies. Um, one, return back. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely helps them feel, spa- feel safe while they're there. Um, and it just makes overall just for like a really great um, experience. And then the movement. We have two other instructors outside of myself. We teach African dance, hip hop, stiletto. There's a twerking class, of course. Oh, let me find out. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's it's safe. It's a space where they can come into when they like they see themselves. That's my favorite part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a class where they where they have to worry about if you know if the instructor gets them or if they're gonna play music that they know. It's like it's a safe. It's a a space that they can trust. Um, and yeah, and as far as the name, I think it's pretty plain. Like mm-hmm. putting your soul through the soles of your feet. Um, and that's actually kind of new. I don't know if you know, but we were Allure. under a different name. Yeah, for mm-hmm. four years. Um, we just celebrated five years last year. So we were Allure Dance NYC, which was cool, but it wasn't me, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. It didn't really um, align with me too much. Uh, not in the way the Soul to Soul does. It was still in the same vein of, you know, women empowerment and wanting to bring women together. Um, but it was more along the lines of um, like a sexier uh, dancing space kind Got of, it. which mm-hmm. is cool. Still something that we do. We still have our red light class. Um, we still teach lab dance, which I'll get to later. Oh, you like, you really doing it. That's one here. of our biggest <laughs> classes. People love that class. Um, but I just knew that it needed to be bigger. Um, and I also realized with Allure, we were kind of... Um, shutting out a like a really big chunk of women that don't necessarily feel sexy Mm -hmm. yet so it's like if all I'm offering is this red light class they're not gonna come you know so I definitely wanted to open that up and just show them that there's more that you can do with the dance company instead of just showing up for class dancing and leaving like there's way more um that we can offer them and there's way more that you can gain when you come 
Awesome. So I definitely want to get back to your journey of like how you started Mm -hmm. Allure and then it morphed into Soul Through Soul. But before we do that, I want to touch on something that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the fact that um, the dance company is heavily focused on black women. Yes. Why did you think that that was important? Um... Because I'm a black woman. Of course, right? <laughs> That's part of it. But no, I um, I grew up dancing in Harlem. And one of my favorite things was the fact that every class that I went to, all of us, we were oh, just brown girls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that. Like the music catered to us. Our, our instructors had rhythm. Like those are things that make a difference. Um, I don't know if you danced growing up. No, I didn't. No. Mm-hmm. But I've taken classes with other instructors. There's absolutely no shade toward any of them. But I just love the idea that there that there can be spaces like this for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dance world is definitely a little more diverse now. But I know growing up, um, even in places like Alvin Ailey, Alvin Ailey is black. You go in there, it's a lot of white instructors. and it's just Really? Like, at Alvin Ailey? Do you not trust us to teach these classes? Mm-hmm. Now it's a little more diverse, but for a long time it wasn't. Um, but I grew up going to Dance Theater of Harlem and, you know, seeing black instructors and seeing black um, dancers, professional dancers. And that was just always really inspiring to me to to constantly be around that. I think it's kind of similar to like the HBCU experience. It's like you can go somewhere else, but to be around your people and to know that you don't have to worry about if you're getting judged, you know, Mm -hmm. about anything or you don't have to worry about if it's curated for you, you know that it is. Right. Um, So I just wanted to create that for adult women. Um, There's a lot of, you know, black instructors for for younger girls, but I thought it was cool to kind of bring it back for adult women and kind of bring them that same feel that we used to have waking up on Saturday mornings to go to class, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with our dance bag and our leotards, but older, you know, and mix it in with our busy schedules and still have time to cater to what it is that we want to do, you know, our personal time. Right. And I think it's important, too, because when you think about dance Mm -hmm. and um, body image mm-hmm. and and also just societal norms about what is the ideal body. So yeah. to have a, a safe space for Black women to connect, yeah. but also celebrate that's the, um, um, you know physical Im- our physical images as well. That is a huge thing for us. So um, I'm glad that you brought up body image because um, I have a lot of so many women. Not as much now. So we just did a recital mm-hmm. um, where I'm like so proud of it. We had. Honestly, I guess if we if we measure it based on like skinny and not only had like one small girl Mm -hmm. in the show. And that made me so proud because there's so many women that are like, I can't come. I can't move like that. You know, like I'm not shaped like you. And I'm like, you literally don't have to look like anyone other than yourself Mm -hmm. to dance. You know, and I tell them like when you go to parties, you're not worried about it. You know, like when you you just dancing with your friends. So it's kind of the same thing. Um. And yeah, I think I think what we do and it, it was kind of unintentional. I don't think I ever went into it wanting it to be a space where like people, you know, come and celebrate their bodies and everything. But it just happened naturally. And I think it's just my love for people. I never looked at what type of demographic outside of them being. I just know that I wanted to cater mm-hmm. to brown women. I didn't care what size they were. I didn't care, you know, if they knew how to dance or not. I just wanted them to come. Um, and I think just naturally them seeing, you know, some people with confidence, some people not with confidence, but still wanting to try it. Um, it's just turned into like this big celebration of just like all everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody type is celebrated in my class, and it's I love it. When you come, you'll see it. <laughs> oh, you you trying to drag me you in now? Get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so take me back. How did mm-hmm. you get started into this world of dance? Um, into dance in general. 
Yeah, so all the way back uh, to childhood. Let me see. We started when I was three. Wow. So my you, sister, you were early. Into yeah, it. Mm-hmm. my sister was seven. And um, she was in Dance Theater of Harlem before me. Um, before that, my mom, she was in Dance Theater of Harlem as well um, by way of one of my aunts. Um, look. My late aunt, she passed away. But um, she used to work for Dance Theater Fall. Mm-hmm. She was a director for them for a long time, um, Phyllis. And uh, I think her bringing my mom in just kind of like, I think it just kind of happened. Like she just started bringing her with her and then it was, you know, those classes. Um, and then later down the line, like my mom just kind of wanted to continue, I guess, the the family tradition in a way. So my sister started going. Um, I started going. One of my instructors was also my cousin, um, Denver. She, you know, would come with me too. And then... From that point, we just went to just like a bunch of different, you know, dance schools and everything. They just also happen to be black led dance mm-hmm. companies. So I think from then I'm like, I'm doing this. Like, I don't know how. Definitely. I, this wasn't the direction I was thinking when I was like seven. Right. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. But I'm like, I need my own dance company. Like I, that influence that I felt from them and that leadership and just that overall sisterhood. It felt like a second family. It's like I, I want to create that again. Um. So, yeah, we did Dance Theater of Harlem. Um, Harlem Hospital actually has a dance company. Really? I believe they still have it. They have a dance academy. We were there for a few years, um, and we performed with them. That's honestly where I think I got it in my head. Like, this was mm-hmm. this was what I wanted to do. Um, Uptown Dance Academy there in Harlem as well. We went there for a few years, and they're black ran, I believe, still. Um and then other companies, we went to Alvin Ailey for a little while, um, Steps. You know, like just, we danced everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we we pretty much trained everywhere. I was never really into classical dancing. I'm still not, which I should be. Ballet is the fundamental. We had to do it, but the moment I did not have to do it anymore. You were like, I'm done, like, thank I'm you. I'm over it. I'm absolutely over it. Um, and then once I saw like African dance and hip hop and, and jazz, I'm like, I don't want to do ballet. Like there's so much swag and all these other dances. <laughs> I'm like, there's African drums going. I don't care about ballet. Um, but it's something I recently like tried to return back to just for the, the training. You do need it. Um, but yeah, we, I would say I was, I was in school training for it up until about 13. And then what happened? Um, it just turned into this little reckless teenager. <laughs> and I just kind of like fell off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the training went, I kind of I kind of fell off from that. And I just went through that that phase. I don't know if it's something everyone goes through, but that 13 to like 17, I got on my parents' nerves. And it just like it's almost like I, I kind of lost touch with mm-hmm. the with the dancing part. Um, but the thing that I kept is that I still wanted to make up dances mm-hmm. and I still wanted to teach. Um, not so much perform. I don't think I was ever really a performer, but as far as the instruction and the leadership, that was literally always embedded in me. So I got to middle school and I'm like helping the the cheerleading team. I never had an interest in cheerleading ever, mm-hmm. but they wanted to dance one day and, you know, I kind of jumped on that and I taught them forever. Um, high school is the same thing. Um, so I just kind of noticed that. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not confident enough yet to be in front of the crowd, but I, I like what it does for me to to teach people sure you know like to instruct people I love what it brings out of me I love what it brings out of them I'm just kind of like pushing people to their potential like getting people in a space where they they don't think they can move and actually like helping them get there like to me that's where the joy is for me like I don't I don't ever have to be on stage you know as long as everyone looks good um so yeah um as far as the company so 
What year did we start? We started 2013. Honestly, started as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I took, uh, I would always kind of like take a break from dancing and go to writing because I told you I used to do spoken word. So um, for a long time, spoken word was like my thing. That's where the name Trey came from, actually, because my name is Tiffany Ray. Mm-hmm. So it was like a stage name in a way. Um, so I like took a break from dancing completely. And everybody's like, didn't you used to dance? I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. I didn't really have a reason. Um, but I'm just like, I'm not doing it anymore. And then when you get old, it's kind of hard to. Um, I can't just like go. I mean, I could have. I didn't know. But in my mind, I'm like, when I was younger, it was easier for my mom to sign me up for classes. I just knew where I was going. Once you get a little older, it's like, where are the classes for adults? Like the active, consistent classes for mm-hmm. adults. Um, so I just kind of like put it to the back of my head. But it was literally something I was calling me nonstop. Um, so I go to a Chicago stepping class with my sister. Well, shout out to the steppers. <laughs> I love Chicago style stepping. Like it is one of my favorite um, styles of dancing. And at the time I had never been to Chicago before, but I was in love with Chicago. Like I knew I was moving there. I was like obsessed with Chicago. It's so weird. Um, so she found this class and she took me and it's actually in the studio that we teach at now. So um, we got to the studio and I'm just kind of like looking around the studio and I realized like it's a space where you can rent, you know, dance um like you yeah you pretty much you rent the dance studios for the duration of the time that you need it so you're taking a class and I'm just like looking around and I'm I'm just like instantly inspired but mm-hmm. I'm also like who's coming to your class and how long had you been out of the dance game at that at point at that time I would honestly say from high school till then so that was probably was a long time how <laughs> old were a you long time how old am I? how old were you at that point 22 Okay, so maybe like... 22, 23? Four or five years or so total. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was... um, Yeah, I just felt like I had no place even Mm -hmm. like thinking about it. But talking to my sister about it, my sister is... She is one of those people that's like... If we say it's getting done, it's getting done. I don't know how, but you're going to do it. So it's like I messed up mentioning it to her because she <laughs> she's like, like now nah, you're is doing happening. this. And I was like, no, I was joking. She's like, no, nah, you wasn't. You're going to do it. So I'm like, all right. Um, so we take that class and like the whole night I'm like, can you picture it? Like the girls will come and I'm like talking to her about it, but I still don't want to do it. But I'm just talking to her about this idea. And at that point, mm-hmm. what was the driver for you? Was it? oh, this is an opportunity for me to start a company and just be more creative? Was it, I want to teach? Was it, I want to get women together? What was your primary driver? So... It was a mixture of both. It was um, it was a mixture of both. I want to teach again, and I I want to get women together. Okay. Um, like naturally, I'm a very social person. I mm-hmm. have game nights for no reason. I literally <laughs> celebrate everything. Like that's something I'm kind of known for. Like my hat, the hashtag celebrate everything. I use it on everything. But I really am like that. If there's a reason for us to like be at my house, drinks and food, mm-hmm. like I'll do it. Kind of expensive and annoying, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, so that like that's the the frame of mind I was in. I was like, you know, I I want to teach a class, and it actually it was a hobby. It literally was. I was just thinking it was just going to be the one class. Um, you know, we'll have a good time. I made that such a big thing. I got like food platters and all of that. Oh, but so now, you were like investing real money. But into now this. that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, who was bringing food platters to every class like <laughs> weekly? Like. It, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but so were people taking the class and eating and fellowshipping together after? Yeah, like okay. that was that's mm-hmm. what that's what I wanted for that first class, mm-hmm. right? So we have the first class. I make it a big deal. We had a beautiful turnout. It was about 
24 people come. Um, and I like made this like cheesy flyer and the name, I just threw the name together. I looked up the meaning of Allure. I was like, we're going to use that. And like, there was no real like business branding mind behind mm-hmm. it. Cause like I said, it was a hobby. I was not thinking it was going to go anywhere. Um, and so we did the class and then everyone's like, all right, when's the next one? I'm like, next one. You're like, this is a one-time deal. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, um, it kind of just fell in to a company. And this is part of the reason that I say like Allure really wasn't me. Um, as far as the overall mission and what I wanted to get done, that came after a while. Okay. Like after a while of me um, being in the business of it, I'm, I'm strictly talking like the business aspect. Like my my heart was always in it. My heart, um, the passion for it was always there. But as far as like actually knowing how to run it and actually knowing how to reach people in a way where it's still authentic, it took me a little while to get there. Um, so yeah, that first class... And then that first year, if you can imagine, it was such a struggle. Like, it would be me and maybe, like, two people in the studio with me or, like, one person in the studio. So, yeah, that, that's actually what I was going to ask. Uh-huh. That's a great segue. So, you, you have this first class. Yeah. 24 people show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Who Were those people that just knew you? Oh, like, no, friends please. or everybody, other people? Everybody was family and friends. Right. Like, let me see. Did I have anyone I didn't know? They, no. If, if I didn't know them, they came with somebody. Um... So that was another thing that scared me because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, all 24 of you, it looks great on YouTube. It looks mm-hmm. great in the pictures. I know every last one of you. I'm like, it's coworkers, it's mixes <laughs> right. of like everyone that I knew was going to hold me down. My sister, her best friend, like, you know, but I'm like, realistically, all 24 of you can't come, you know, week after week. And that's exactly what happened. I would say maybe the next month. So the next class was two weeks after that, still packed. Mm-hmm. So it was like the other the other family members that couldn't come. <laughs> the, the ones that time. couldn't make the first the one. The other coworkers that one. couldn't come. Um, so then third class got a little slower and I was like, oh, okay. All right. And I'm realizing, I'm like, well, you're, you're kicking out money to rent the studio. Like this is now when it's becoming, I guess, a business, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, you're kicking out money to throw the studio. Like you have to start thinking about these things, right? So like if people don't come to class, what are you going to do? You're going to cancel class each time. So that, that first year was crazy for me. Because if you could imagine, in 22 when I first started I'm like I just want to have this class right I'm not thinking about the fact that the studio is $100 and I only have one person paying $10 mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know like it was really it was it was kind of crazy Um, but it taught me a lot about um how running a business in New York works Um, in terms of the fact that there are a lot of different dance companies mm-hmm. Um, here in New York there's a lot of different classes you know one thing about New York um yeah, options are endless here. So right. it's like, it's not saying that they don't like my class, but they, there's 80 other classes they want to try this week too. <laughs> you know? So Everybody's like, attention is divided. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was something that I had to learn over those, those four years too. Like what, like that question that people always ask you, like what makes you stand out? Like really like had to find that because for, I would say those first four years, we weren't really standing out. Maybe around the, the fourth, because I started changing just me as a person. I started changing and I just, I started learning more, you know, how to do it. Um, yeah, running a company in New York is hard. Right. But I think you you, you brought up a couple of things yeah. that I, I want to expound upon. Uh-huh. The first being, and I, I see this all the time. Uh-huh. Okay. I've been through it. Other people have been through it. You release something, whatever it is. Yep. You launch a dance company, their classes, you release an album, you have an event and people show up for you yeah. because it is 
the, you first run out of the gate. Okay. So the people that you know, they want to be down. They want to you know celebrate you, what have you, which is awesome. But the problem, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs is they don't have a plan nope. to how to like extend or expand beyond the people that know you. And then you're now putting undue pressure on your family and your homies to always show up because that's the only audience that you have and I've seen it happen like somebody will be having an event they have it it goes well they're about to have another one they're like my cousin says she's not coming can you believe that it's like like getting (laughs) upset about it yeah and getting upset and it's it's like like, she doesn't she she doesn't doesn't have to to come and it it may not even be a personal thing it's Uh just a scheduling conflict we have conversations about that all the time because I'm sure you're on social media so you Mm -hmm. see it um there's that constant conversation about like show up for who shows up for you mm-hmm. and, you know, support who supports you. And it's like, yes, <laughs> but not everyone. What I've learned with this company, right, especially something as meticulous as what I'm doing. Not everyone dances. Right. And for a long time, I would get so offended that like I have girlfriends that have just never come to class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are you, my friend? And you just like I, I have a company for women. You're a woman. Right. Why aren't you there? Um, And it's like, Tiff, I don't. I don't dance. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't enjoy dancing. It's not my thing. Um, but I'll post your fly for you and I'll tell people about your class and I'll refer you, you know. Um, it's similar to wanting people to, to physically be there. Not everyone has the time. Right. You know, not everyone has the time. And I, I would definitely say like those, oh my Lord, that first year, I was such a brat um, with pretty much everything. I'm like, you guys see me working hard. I wasn't working hard. But I'm like, <laughs> y'all see me working hard. I'm I'm running this company. Why aren't you there? And my dad was actually the one who like broke it down to me as he does everything. He's a Leo, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, Cut it out. So he's like, no one's going to take you serious if you don't. He's like, so. <laughs> Valid point. If you're barely posting your flyers, you're barely like telling people about what you're doing. Why should they show up? If you don't believe in this class enough or if you're just treating it like it's a hobby, why do they need to be there? Right. And I'm like. Yeah, you're that. And I have a personal belief uh-huh. that if you are depending solely on your family and mm-hmm friends to support your brand show up when you do something that is a business that's not sustainable and it's not scalable if that's it if that is your sole target population Mm -hmm. it's just not gonna work long time it's not fair to to them it's not fair to yourself um and and people take it so personally and Mm -hmm. i also believe i have um two close friends uh-huh. who don't listen to the podcast. Really? They're, that's just not their thing. Yeah. They've never heard one episode. Um, so they don't even know whether it's good, bad, or what have you. And, and the reason is, see, and, it do, and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother no. me at all. And let me tell you why. One doesn't even know how to access podcasts. Oh, wow. So she's like, I don't even get it. She's just behind in yeah. the digital age. And um, eventually she'll get around to figuring it out or I'll show her. And the right. other just doesn't. She's like, I don't like, even like, her thing. I don't even like talk radio. Like Got anything, it. like with people just talking, I'm not into it. I get it. And for me, guess what? That is perfectly fine yeah. because I personally i put a feather in my hat right on the fact that the majority of our listenership uh-huh. are people who don't know me or know demarcus right. so to me that speaks to proof of concept if the only people who are rocking with you mm-hmm. are the people that know and love you are going to rock with you no matter what your true. concept has not been proven so it just speaks to i think one of the, the what is one of the key tenets to being a 26er um in that finding the positive. Right. So the people who come are not the people who know me personally. That means I'm on to something. Yeah. That that to me is a way to look and at the, it from a different perspective. And there's a reach there. Like yeah. you're, 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 um, you're reaching out to, to people that need it. 
Exactly. Um, that's something that, yeah, I can agree. Um, so the reason that I said it would bother me, mm-hmm. I'm, I still struggle with, like, I just want people to at least, like, inquire. Mm-hmm. People that I'm close to. Um, at least just show an interest in, in what I'm doing. And I guess that comes from the fact that, like, the moment I know anyone that I'm close to is attached to anything, I'm just, like, in it with mm-hmm. them. You know, whether it's my lane or not, I just kind of, I at least want to know what's going on. Is there a way I can tell people? Is there a way, you know, that I can share a link, share a flight? Like, that's the type of friend that I am. So I'm still just, I'm still kind of working mm-hmm. on, you know, just kind of like accepting like that everybody's going to be into it. Um, and and celebrating the people that are. Right. But that's a um, natural human it is. feeling yeah, to want people to support is, you down. Like you were saying, as when, when it does get into the business aspect, um, when I compare the years, I, I honestly, we've had the company for five years, but I really, I, I count the last two. As the legitimate period? I count the last mm-hmm. two because the first, the first few I was playing around, <laughs> honestly, like, <laughs> and that's just how I view it. Like, I, I used to, like, try to find a way around that. And it's like, I can't, like, I have to be very honest about it. Um, I didn't take it serious because I didn't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I knew what I wanted it to be, but I didn't know how capable I was of getting it there, which is weird because I'm the person that's getting it there. But you, I guess you got to tap into that yourself. But when I compare the, the two based on like when I wanted all of my friends to come and I'm constantly sending just my friends flyers based on, you know, a word of mouth or like someone finding it on Instagram, the energy of the classes changed completely because it went from, you know, the obligation of like all right Tiff asked me to be here and dance she knows I don't dance she know I don't want to do this but I'm here and you feel that energy in the Mm -hmm. room like I'm I'm super big on energy I'm super big on just like I I can feel things when I walk in a room I feel like most of us can and with dancing where you're supposed to be free and kind of you know like let your guard down if you go in a room and it's full of like I don't want to do this mm-hmm. versus I'm so happy I found this class like this is the type of class I've been looking for like that excitement and everything completely changes so that alone changed my mind on okay I need you guys to support versus like let me welcome all of these new people like when I see new people in class this is one of the first things I do I'm like how'd you find out about class because I just want to know you know just curious about it um and when it's more like new women they're old women like I always tell my girls I'm like I love y'all but thank you <laughs> Like I <laughs> go to the new people. and I hug, you know, all of the new girls and I tell them, I'm like, it's just, it's exciting to meet people that want to be there. Um, and that's the main difference between relying on the family, relying on the friends. It's like, if they don't truly want to be there. Do you really want that? Exactly. Because they can pay for the ticket, but do they want to be there? And if you're doing it out of passion and not money, it, the ticket sales never matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, class passes and all of that. Obviously we, we're running a business. We want to make, you know, a profit, but I'd rather have a free class full of people that want to dance like that. And I, I mean that wholeheartedly. So I want to change a little bit on it. I mm-hmm. still want, I still want my people to ask about it. I mean, of course, we all, yeah, we want that support. <laughs> we, we all do. You, you know, want your homies to like be down for the cause. I have a lot of realistic friends that are like, get over yourself. It's not that serious. I'm like, all right, whatever. But I still complain about it. I don't care. <laughs> so what kept you going? Like when that, after the first crew sort of thinned out, uh-huh. 
and you're showing up to this class and booking space and getting food and all this stuff yeah. and one or two people are just in the, the room passion, I think. just passion um, mm-hmm. just the fact that I, I really love dancing and I really love I love being around people and I love um, like I was saying earlier that that in-person exchange um, especially now because everything is on the phone and not saying that you can't find ways to connect over the phone but I just I love to be in spaces with people and just kind of take a break from everything else that we're doing and for me being in the studio is that um, so even if it was just me and one other person. I'm like, hey, you got a private lesson mm-hmm. for way cheaper <laughs> than I would charge. Right. Like, it is what it is. Um, and I think those sessions that I would have, I remember one day, I oh my Lord, I was crying so much. I paid, I think, $70 for this studio. Is I thought I was going to have like 16 girls. They all RSVP'd. Even down to that, the way that I would ensure who's coming to class. It was just terrible. It was like, oh, just email me if you're coming. No payment up front, nothing. You know, the business side, completely. I had no idea what I was doing. But I'm like, sure, you know, all 17 of them, they're coming. I'm going to buy this big studio. And so there was no money, like they didn't pay for the class in advance. Not at all. So they just said, yeah. It was like, how serious are you taking this? Because why are you just dropping $70 an hour on a studio when you don't know who's coming. Okay. Like those little things, you know what I mean? Those little big things. 16 girls. Okay. You know, so 16 girls I'm expecting. I get there. One of them is there. And I like ran in the bathroom. I just called my mother. I was like, this isn't for me. (laughs) She's like, it's for you, but you got to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is truly something that you want to do, you got to figure out how to do it. No one's going to just like give you, you know, like it, it doesn't work that way. Like you have to figure out maybe the email is not the best way to ensure that people come to class. Like you have to learn that. Um, But that day, so with the, with the one lady that was there, we did the same dance and everything. Like I gave her the same energy that I would have given had all 16 of the girls showed up. Um, and she just like shared this like amazing story with me about the data she had and the type of relationship she was exiting and like how she couldn't wait to get there. And it just kind of like changed my mind on everything. It really did. Um, it made me a little less selfish mm-hmm. in my business. Um, and it kind of brought me back to why I wanted to do this in the first place. Cause it's like the space that I'm trying to create for women, that's that space is there, whether it's just me, whether it's 50 women, whether it's just one. And I'm like, maybe she didn't need all 16 people. Like maybe she just needed me. Cause mm-hmm. that is honestly how that class ended. Like she just wanted to talk to me. We danced for like 20 minutes and then she was like, can we just talk? I was like, sure. And like for the rest of the, the hour and a half, like we just, we just talked. You know, like we were just there the whole time. I'm like, I don't pay 70 per hour anyway. So let's like, let's, let's talk, you know? Um, and she still comes to class and it was just a really, it was a, a, just a great moment between she and I. And it just, like I said, it reminded me that it's bigger than the profit mm-hmm. on the passion side of it anyway. It's, it's bigger than that. Um, and it's more about making sure that I, that I cultivate actual relationships with my students. Like, I don't ever want to just be that person I'm teaching you and then I leave, you know, much like the the teachers that we have. When we were younger, we spent a lot of time together. I want you to be able to trust me. I want you to be able to trust my company and trust where you're spending your money at, trust where you're spending your time at. And a lot of that comes with those conversations. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes with my frustration not getting in the way of not having as many people that I want in a studio. Um, Another thing I learned is that if I give all of my anger to everyone who did not come to class, I'm taken away from the person that actually decided to show up. Right. So it's like, I'm mad at all 16 of y'all for emailing and wasting my time. But she's like, I'm here, you know, and it's like, I have I have to give that to her. So that um that first year, I had a lot of moments like that, but it definitely it changed my mind a lot. Yeah. It did. And it, it was really humbling. 
um, again, it taught me a lot about just how to market things differently, how to, you know, set up different sources of payment and, you know, all of all of those those important business things that you learn. I've, I learned it over time. Those are things I wish I would have gotten a mentor for in the beginning and like told them like, hey, this is a company I want to start. But being that I started it just kind of randomly popping up in the studio, mm-hmm. I think that path was just a little bit different for me. But we're good now. I yeah. Think. <laughs> and, and I think there are important lessons here. First, yeah. first and foremost, taking it back to your moment in that Chicago step was uh-huh. class. Pay people need to pay attention to those light bulb oh, epiphany yeah. moments because they're real. When all of a sudden, like you've been away for something yeah. from something or had no thought about just, it, like, and then it just stops you in your tracks, yeah. and you're like, I should look into this or yeah. I should do this. That is real. Yeah, that is. Something. I wish I hold in on the on the realistic part of it. Yes. I went straight to the idea. Mm-hmm. I went straight to like, oh, this would be dope if I had a class. I didn't go to the the realistic like, okay, cool, have this class, but how are you gonna fund it? How are you gonna get people there? How are you know, I I really wish I would have done right. That, but. but here, but here's the thing. This mm-hmm. is this is why I believe our journeys and the mistakes that we make are never for naught. Um, oh, yeah. Because there are lessons for other people now in in what you're saying. Right. So the fact that you, the so first thing is, you know, the moment that you had the 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 light bulb moment where you're like, I should do this. That's the first mm-hmm. indicator that you're on the right track, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the class thinned out. And, you know, people, you may not have had the business part of it filled out, uh, uh, figured out yet, but a couple of people were coming. Yeah. Right. There's something that uh, the late Reggio say, a.k.a. Combat Jack, uh, yeah. talked about in one of his um, interviews that he did on another podcast. And he said when he was a lawyer, it always felt like a push. But when he became this media personality, it became a pull. Cool. And that yeah. is something <laughs> that cannot be discounted. Oh, so yeah. when you're experiencing these disappointments of people not showing up, these humbling experiences, even though you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh-huh. When it's that pull to continue. Yeah, it's natural. That natural thing that happens, that is an indication that you're on the right natural. track. Now, yeah. where I think people um, sort of get off track sometimes is they think because the pull is there that whether you call it God, the universe, or right, anything right. owes them something. Like, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm no. talented. I'm doing it. Why won't? Why aren't people showing up? And no. they don't take it a step further, which is what you have done. Yeah. And said, you know what? I haven't been doing the business part oh, of it, yeah. right? Let me become more strategic. That hit me first. Yeah. It took me a minute to accept it mm-hmm. because the ego does get in the way a little bit. Um, I never... I never got like too frustrated once once I saw that like okay you're not doing as much work as you should be I was just kind of like okay so maybe this isn't for me I went that lane um as opposed to like why aren't you guys showing up um but there was still something and it's weird like even you ask me and I think about it now I'm like I don't know why I didn't stop mm-hmm. because I it think it's that pull yeah I'm like I, I have no idea why I didn't stop we stopped um where are we? We're 2019. I got to get used to this. So we stopped summer of 2017. That's when we rebranded. Um, and it's so weird because right before then is when I felt like I finally had it. But that's also when I knew it was time to rebrand. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I have it, just not for a lawyer. Like, I, I have it, but this, it, what I want to do cannot be done under the red light sexy. Like, no. Like, it needs to be way bigger. You rebranded in 2017. Uh-huh. And you decided... All right, we're ready to now do this in a more business or sound way. Yeah. Um, what are some of the changes you made at that point? Um, I would say it was more of an alignment with where I am personally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just to be completely transparent with Allure, it was more of like a show-offy type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't mind saying it now because I've, I've grown past it. But it was definitely more of one of those, like a like a showboating, like, look at what I'm doing. Right? Come hang with us. Come come see what I'm doing. Show it off on the gram type of thing like that. Um, versus now is, is more in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more in here and I could care less who knows about it. that's not that's not coming to class if that makes sense like I just one of the main things that changed um were the type of classes so we just added in we added in the classes that I used to take when I was younger so I I don't know if I mentioned it, but we added African in. Um, We still have a hip hop class, one of my favorite classes. We still do our heels classes and everything. It's just like the changes are more in the energy and the feeling than anything. Because if you look at like what we offer, it's still the same. Mm -hmm. We still have the lab dance class. We still have the red light class. But it's the overall mindset, I think, that I carry before versus now that has changed everything and everyone that comes in feels it and I like I felt it but I didn't know if other people would the intention is different which I think is the biggest thing in anyone's business like why are you even trying to do right. this and that that's that's what I meant in terms of it being kind of showboaty in the beginning and it was just kind of like just flaunting like look I know how to dance we make these really cute videos versus I I really want to help to to change the way that these women feel when they come in the studio so now it's really not about making videos anymore it's about the impact that i have um on the the impact that they have on me what we can do for each other while we're dancing what we can do for each other while we're journal writing and having these discussions and you know having these events with each other um that's probably the biggest change and then i think that just changed everything else down to um the class packages that we have now that are way more smart and way more efficient the website even looks better like Mm -hmm. it's it's small stuff um that i don't know if other people notice i do um the fact that i actually care about our logo now Mm -hmm. which (laughs) like you were saying in the beginning like you just have the idea you don't think about it that was me like it was just like it was it was a hobby let's just throw this little thing together whatever and even down to like the logo not being efficient enough no one's going to take it seriously that's kind of what we were talking about like if you don't pour into it no one's gonna care you know so I definitely think now um it's something that's definitely more felt if you knew the company before you could see the changes Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it, I would say it's more of an energy thing. And just like the overall intention of it has is, is changed a lot. So in, in addition to changes in energy and intention, did you uh-huh. go about more strategic marketing and how you publicize yeah, the I'm brand? Still, so I'm still learning that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like when it comes to, to social media, our newsletter and things like that, just like down to business cards. A lot of small things that I've realized, a lot of people don't care about business cards. Mm-hmm. Right? They really, very few people care about hey, them now, but I yeah. I still mm-hmm. like cards. I have a, um, I actually have a, a bulletin in my house where I keep people's cards above my desk because it like inspires me in a way. Mm-hmm. All my friends think is weird. But when they come <laughs> to my house, all of their cards are above my desk. They're like, why do you have my stuff there? But I'm like, it reminds me that like, I have a crew of people that are constantly going. I, I got to keep the same energy. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I think. Um... But so even down to like those little marketing things, like what what I used to think would work before, you know, um, kind of making like postcards and like giving that out to people versus um, actual promotion on social media and then finding which one works better. For some companies, Facebook is, you know, a bigger thing. Videos work better versus pictures. So like I've just learned Instagram is kind of like a bigger thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, newsletters, anything that's really quick that people could get to on their phone. Um, I love every update that Instagram gives me. 
as far as like Insta stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like those are things that we really have tried to hone in um, on more now. Um, different photo shoots and different promotional tools, different commercials even that you have to do on social media for certain things. I would definitely say like we've poured way more into... I'm saying we. It's me. <laughs> like, I, I got my people that work with me, but for the most part. You got people that, that help you out here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just kind of like really just just taking it seriously overall and, and knowing that no one's going to come to anything that you're doing unless you you show them. Like, no one, no one's going to, to know to show up unless you're consistent. Um, and that's just something I've just been trying to do yeah. in every realm. That I, that I can think of. Yeah. And I want to add a little bit of context uh-huh. here because people may listen to this and say, wow, she really figured it out. No. Um, she's killing the game. <laughs> but, you know, I know not only are you learning as you go, but yeah. also this is not your main gig. No. So you have a day job. I do. So how are you balancing that with this dance company? Oh, um, I just run my company at my day job. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to hear that. A lot of people but do no, that, listen. but that she didn't mean that. She was just kidding. Look, they know. Folks. They um they're coming to a class uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a class with them. But so one thing, like anytime that I work for anybody, I let them know up front, like this is what I do. Because if ever you see me doing anything, I want you to know this from my mm-hmm. company. I want you to know that that's first. I love you guys. But my company's first. Do you, been, you so you tell prospective oh, yeah. employers this? Oh yeah, they know. And they still hired you? <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's, I guess, because, like, my schedule is flexible. I make it up on my own. Okay. Um. So I don't think they, they ever feel like it'll ever get in the way. Um. I was just about to say that I've been fortunate enough to have people not stress me about it. Um. And I think a lot of them have seen the positives in it, too. So I don't really think it's anything that they get, like, too threatened about. <laughs> um. But, yeah, the balance... Currently, this is a really good balance that I have, right? There's just regular nine to five. I can do everything else that I need to do on the on the weekends. We teach our classes on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting a new fitness class on Wednesdays, but that's after work. Um, so to me, the, the balance right now is perfect. Um, I never feel like I'm pulled to my nine to five more. That's never an option for me. If ever I feel that way, I will leave a job, mm-hmm. like straight up. If I if I ever feel like I'm giving way more stress, anything, thought to my nine to five, it has to go um, because that's not the the end goal. And have you, you looked know? at your nine to five, even though you set these parameters and they know that your your company is really it for you and in, uh-huh. in the top position? Do you still see your nine to five as a, a career or are you an entrepreneur that's one of those who's like, OK, I just have this job. It pays the bills. Yeah, the, it's not the even in my. Definitely, It's for my rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Um. I love what I do. I don't. I don't mind it, but it's definitely for my rent at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely at this point. Um, that doesn't take away from the work that I do when I'm there. Mm-hmm. But they, they know. They know what's up. <laughs> they know. Well, I think you are fortunate and, they and blessed, it, which is like yeah. really, which is really cool. Like as soon as they found out, they were like, "Can we take a class?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> so like now it's um it's a thing because we do like corporate parties mm-hmm. um for people. So for them, like we actually they they're turning it into like a team building thing to come and do Zumba and stuff with me. So I'm like, that is actually really cool. I don't know how often it happens for people. Yeah, um, and I think it varies by industry. You know? So I'm like, that is actually really nice that they that they want to take part in it as opposed to like push me away from it yeah and to our listeners you might want to assess what field you're in before you go marching into your employer's office and saying my company comes first 
I'm just, I'm fearless for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> so tell me about a time when you had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. I've been thinking about this question. I don't, uh, does it have to be one day? No. Because all I can think of right now, like the current space that I'm in, um, there's been a few of those days. They're not as huge and I guess as major as I'm sure you've heard. But to me, um, oh, before I answer that, I started therapy for the first time this year. Clap it up for that, for so, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're huge therapy uh, really? proponents on this show, yes. Because um, I've, I've learned just like over time that I, I don't want to use the word battle. I can't stand that word. Um, but I, I deal a lot with like anxiety behind, like not feeling like I can... Um, I can get things done. Like I mm-hmm. can't accomplish things. Like I'm constantly, constantly, constantly doubting myself. Um, self-deprecating. It's like really bad. So for me, like when I thought about this question, like a, it, it can be like any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can really be like any day where it's like I have to show up, even if I, if I literally feel like I can't. Um, if I have to show up and do this event that I planned in a moment where I was feeling good. Like in the moment when I sent the flyer out, like everything was lit. Mm-hmm. But the day of I'm depressed, I can't get out of my bed. Like everything hurts. Everything's bothering me. But you asked 30 girls to come to the studio and <laughs> right. now they're coming because you figured out how to get all 30 at the studio. It's like now you have to show up. So that honestly, it can go. It can be at any day. Um, showing up to therapy for the first time, I guess, was a a one that we can use mm-hmm. um I'm proud of that day because of how it happened I just I had got to like the cap like I, I was over everything um not in like a suicidal way or anything but I just I literally didn't know what else to do I didn't want to talk to anyone about what I was feeling because I didn't know what I was feeling mm-hmm. um and I also just I feel like it, it's weird to just constantly like dump on people um so have you heard of um Therapy for Black Girls? Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I went, looked on the end, didn't have my insurance yet, paid out of pocket. It was an aggressive day. <laughs> like, <laughs> but a good going. aggressive like, though. We're gonna real figure it out. And um, yeah, I would I would say that was probably like the last time. To me, that that was me being extraordinary. Um, because I I absolutely on any other day, which I have done before, just shut it out and and not do anything about it or, you know, cancel class mm-hmm. <laughs> or just just not show up. But I'm, I've gotten to the point um, that I have to figure out how to get beyond that. So I would I would use that 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 day. I would use yeah. that, the day starting therapy for sure. And I think and that's powerful. Between, yeah. I think that's powerful because people you said it was an aggressive day. You didn't even have insurance yet. That alone would stop a lot of people because I, I hear it all the time. But that's, you know? I mean, that's what stopped me for a little. That mm-hmm. and the stigma that like you shouldn't go to therapy. Like there's nothing wrong with you. That held me back for a very long time because there's a lot of people that say, oh, you're so dramatic. And people used to call me dramatic. Well, mm-hmm. I told you, I'm a little extra. But people, <laughs> people would call me dramatic all the time. So if like you're constantly hearing that, it's like, OK, maybe I should. I'm not going to go to a therapist because that's real extra. Like Mm -hmm. if I, if I go sit in front of somebody, they really going to think something's wrong with me. Um, but yeah, it was a very personal moment. It was a moment that I didn't share with anyone. It was a moment I didn't ask anyone to validate for me. That's a really big thing. I ask everyone their opinion on everything, which isn't bad, but it's not all the way good either. The older that you get, the more, you know, that you have to do for yourself, especially not as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You imagine everything I want to do. I'm running it by people. It's like, 
You can't. Um, so for me, that was a that was a huge day for me to show up for myself. Didn't care what my parents were gonna say about it, didn't care what my friends were gonna say, didn't care who was gonna think it was weird or whatever. Like I just wanted to go. I didn't care about how much it cost. <laughs> like that was it was it was a pretty powerful day for me. And um I'm so happy I went. Are happy. you still in therapy or was that a finite period of time? Um my last session was about two months ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess I still am. I just haven't yeah. been back. And yeah. sometimes you need a little like tune up. You take some time off. Yeah. You decide to go back and Yeah. And then I also like I didn't want it to um become like a um what is it? Like a crutch mm-hmm. almost. Like I wanted to see myself outside of it. So it's like I went. You know, I wanted to try it. It's almost like medicine. It's like you don't want to get to the point where it's like you just you have to use it in order to feel better. So I'm just like, okay, like I I went for a few um, and it's like, okay, let me practice the things that I've learned so far. And then if I need to double back and go talk to her about anything, I will. Yeah, and a good therapist you know? will. And she texts me like we're, we're cool. She's come to class before. Yeah, like, a, really a good dope. therapist will say. I think this is a good breaking point, well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, this is a good stopping point. Let's you go out there, see how uh-huh. things are. If you need me, I'm here. Yeah. Any therapist that just continues to let you come beyond actually providing right. substantive treatment for you is, is there for a different reason. But, um, and, and I think people are like, they're afraid A to start. And then they're like, am I going to be in this forever? Yeah, are their like, wounds are going to be open that I can't? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's not necessarily the case with a that good, was, with a good therapist. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was one of the things that I had asked her. Cause that's what I was worried about. Um, if you can imagine, I'm leading a bunch of women all the time. Mm-hmm. They're coming to me because they feel like they need some form of therapy. They found it through dance. So the biggest way that I beat myself up is like, how am I showing up for these women when I feel crazy? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I'm sure you can imagine how that feels. Right. Like it's like they're texting me, they're calling me, they're telling me that I'm making them feel good. And I'm sitting there like, if only I knew, like I can't even get myself together today. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I couldn't even pull myself out of bed today, but you're telling me that I made you feel, how, you know? So when I went to her, when, well, still when I talked to her, that's my biggest thing. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be phony. There's a lot of days that I that I do kind of feel like they're coming to me for whatever leadership and I feel like a fraud because I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even feel good about myself, but I'm telling you to do this dance and show how beautiful you are. And I woke up today like, girl, like I couldn't stand myself today, but I got you feeling really good. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So that was one of the, the main things that got me there. Um, and that's something that she and I talked about. You referencing like a, a therapist that tells you to take a break mm-hmm. she was actually the one who kind of initiated it because I told her I was like I don't know if I could pay for the next one right because you know, I still I still um, didn't have the insurance that she was telling me she's like I actually think you're okay right now because mm-hmm. like what I do in a way is still is it's a, a, a form of therapy but I'm the main person that my ladies come to so it's like I also need an outlet is she like she thought it was fine. I'll, I'll check back in with her. Yeah. And yeah. I think you you referenced something that's a valid point. A lot of people have a fear of therapy, one, because of the stigma, yeah. but also because they're like, how am I going to pay for this? Like, where's the, the money coming from? Because yeah, it is not cheap. And some people have a sliding scale, but... I told um, my mom that pay. She was like, what the hell? She exactly. Like, where'd you get that from? Exactly. And like, the, I don't know. The way, the way that I sort of look at it... Um, when people talk to me about the money aspect is if I know that they have disposable income, you know, my thing is if you found out tomorrow that you had cancer and somebody said you had to get, you have to get these treatments, you're going to figure it out. You have to treat your emotional and mental well-being as equally as important. And when you get to that point, that day you had where you're like, I got to do something. It's literally like, you know, um, bag lady, Mm -hmm. Bob. 
I like what is the part of that song when she says oh my god what did she say uh one day he gonna say wait what <laughs> no not that the um one day he gonna say uh you crowd in my space mm -hmm. like that part of the song <laughs> it always like it always like gets me in my head but that's literally how i felt like i just I was interrupting everybody's everything. Like my friends just want to come have lunch with me and I'm like spilling out on them. And my dad is just calling to say, hi, I'm launching ahead. And I'm like, all right, like you got to figure it out. And you and never want to be that person. And they're happy. And I'm like, y'all want to dance? And they're like, you are the one who runs the company. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, all right, I got to get it together. You don't want to be that person that people look at their phone and embrace themselves before they pick it up. Like every <laughs> time you're I like, felt. oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Old girl's about to be dumping on me. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. Not even so much in like the dumping sense because I was mm -hmm. never really like that, but just the overall energy. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm a person that likes for, for people to come together. So if you figure, I'm trying to do these game nights or whatever, right? I got all of my friends in the house. Like I, my apartment is an apartment to do the things. Like that is how my friends look at it. So you figure they're coming over there and I'm not in the right headspace. They don't even got to talk to me. Like they feel it. Mm -hmm. They feel it as soon as they walk in my apartment. They're like, what is wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm good. Lying to everybody. So, yeah. Got to get that taken care of immediately. Especially if you're trying to be in a position where you're leading other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so before we wrap up, there's one uh -huh. question I want to ask you. Considering that you are... Uh, serving a very specific segment of the population, yeah. black women. Do you have white women who've been interested in the class before? Yeah, I, Do you invite I've them? Had to come. All Walk, the time. You welcome them? Yep. Um, more so in the beginning, <laughs> which, okay, I was just talking to my sister about this. I'm like, I'll, I'll wonder if I'm like pushing people away at this point <laughs> because in the beginning, it was super diverse. Like, mm -hmm. we would have like Asian women come and like we, we would have all of these different women. And now it is like very black in there, which I don't mind. Mm -hmm. But I also feel kind of bad because like I have way friends that want to come to class, but they're all like, they won't say it to me, but they're like, but you know, that's what they're Should thinking. I come? Or like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, sure. You know, I've, I've, so two of my white girlfriends, they came to class um, and they were fine. Like they didn't feel weird or anything. But then the girls that were in class I was like, what is this? And I was like, okay, that we can't do to people. <laughs> like we can't, we can't make them feel weird if they come. So it's, I don't know. My whole thing is like, you, they know who it's for. It's open for everybody, but they know who I cater to. Mm -hmm. And they, they know where my intention lies. Yeah, and I think if people know and respect that yeah. and say, I'm in this space. It's not like a you can't come. Yeah, it's I, not built for I'm you. I'm here, like, I would never right. do that for, to they, If they can say, I'm here, I know yeah. what the, the intention and the mission is, but I am welcomed and I'm willing to respect the space oh, for sure. and integrate it's myself. Like just know that you're coming into a space that it's soulful. Yes. It's very black. Our language is very black. Our dance style is very black. I hear everything. Like, mm -hmm. it is a space for us. There's head wraps in here. I'm sage in the studio. Like, that is what we're in here doing. So, you're if they're with Enjoy it. it. If they're with it, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, tell me, what's on the horizon for you and for Soul Through Soul? Um. So, we just wrapped up our fifth year. We had a recital for the first time. Nice. One of the scariest things that I have ever done. Um... And that took me a long time. This That was part of the reason that I said, like, with the Lord, there were certain things I couldn't do because I just couldn't see it. Um, but we had a full-on show with 160 people in the crowd, like, bugged me out. Um, but we decided to make that a yearly thing. That's going to be annual um, to celebrate. Um, we have a few collaborations coming up with a lot of different dance companies. Um, 
which is something I really wanted to focus on this year. Um, their names, I don't want to drop yet. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of different things coming up. Um, and then just like more content from us. We're not a, a big dance company that's like too big on the videos and everything that you see on social media like that is a really huge thing now it the is dance videos um but it's something that i want to challenge myself to do not so much performing in them but just like pushing that content out um that's part of the consistency that we were talking about part of the you know people taking us seriously so definitely um pushing more branding um and just getting people to know us uh we've spoken a little bit about a tour me and my um instructors just like a small really close city tour probably just the east side um but i want to kind of lock in new york first because that's home you know like i want everyone here to trust me and then we could go other places like i know people in dc they have they ask for my class a lot so we may go out there um that's pretty much it i just i just really want to build and just keep welcoming um more women into the tribe that's all awesome yeah. and where can people find you online um so our website is soul through soul um it's soul s-o-u-l-t-h-r-u-s-o-l-e um soul through soul.com um our instagram twitter facebook everything is the same soul through soul awesome and your classes are on Friday with a Wednesday class soon yeah, to come. So we have a Wednesday class called Snatched, mm-hmm. which is a fitness class. I'm certified um, to teach Zumba, but this class is a mix of a dance party, actually. But it's a mix of Zumba, hip hop, twerking and Africa. Nice. If you can imagine, we're going to be sweating down. I'm so excited. That's <laughs> going to be great. I need that class mm-hmm. so I can slim down. So I'm excited. <laughs> like, I don't care who comes to that one. I'll be teaching. Um... So that one is uh, every Wednesday, 7.30. And then every Friday, we alternate um, our three different styles of classes. So there's Allure, um, which is the red light, the charities, the lap dance, like that. That style can change. Mm-hmm. It'll just be an Allure class. And then when they get there, it's either charities, regular stiletto, floor movement. Those are the really sexy central classes, red light style, really cute. Um, and then our Elon classes are the fitness classes. Mm-hmm. So which we count hip hop as fitness. It's my instructor goes crazy. Um, and they're always just sweating in there. African is another um, fitness type class for us, but those are choreography based. So you learn the dance. Um, and then we have contrived classes, which are kind of like the creative movement ones. Um, they can be heels, they can be floor work. It, it just changes. So each Friday, you just pick a different one each week. Um, try not to make them back to back, like the style of it back to back. Um, and it's just kind of like a surprise. The musical change will either be like super fast, something super slow, um, but definitely something that everyone is familiar with and that, you know, they identify with. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for thank what you, you have to come. I'm, I'm glad you made the pivot and yeah, got strategic so and business minded about all about yeah. all of this. And to those who are listening, if you are in the New York area, check out Soul Through Soul. Follow them online. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.